the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God, is he a mean ogre or a loving father? A couple of questions we're answering in our series, Meet Your God. Join us. Truth For Today is up next. A mean ogre, a just and exact ruler, a heavenly father, a gentle father. These are some of the descriptions you might run across if you ask different people who they think God is. But here in God's Word, the Bible, we have a clear understanding of who He is. That's what we're looking at as we continue with our series called Meet Your God. Welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Our series, Meet Your God, continues with one final look at God the Father. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's program. Who is our God? The essence of God. What is God made of? Spirit. What is distinct about the spirit that is God compared to other spirit beings? Not created. Not created, so... Self-existent, huh? Okay, what else? What else about the spirit being? How much space is covered? Is he meant? I wish McGill would get it. Do you think he got it? He's got it. <laughs> if you don't answer, he will. He's loaded. Let's see. Uh, self-existence, immense. Uh, simple, that is one composition, just spirit, not bone, flesh, and spirit. We're complex, God's simple in composition. Uh, unity, uh, a compound unity. Our God is a compound unity. I hope, do we have other notes? You know what, is there anybody that doesn't have a set of notes? Okay, uh, get over next to one of our folks. Somebody lift up a set that you'll share with some folks just next to you. Don't give them away, make them give an extra offering, but just get next to them. Just kind of look on, look on. Uh, because we're following notes that, okay, so we're not on the over. We are following notes. So now we come to the attributes of God. And um, uh, the first one we would mention is God is omniscient. God is omniscient. And uh, let's define it here. Uh, God knows all things. He never learns for he already knows. God knew everything in one eternal moment, if you can take it in. In one eternal moment. Now, uh, let's look at just a few verses just to back these up. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. If you have any questions, we'll try to get to them at the end of the study. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Uh, I want to look at another passage. I think may blend. Another great passage uh, may be clear is uh, Ephesians 1. That all that is happening is happening according to a divine plan. While you're there, I, let me find you another passage here. I, I want to give you Isaiah 46. There's a better passage and uh, verse 10, 46, 10. I make known the end from the beginning. He was ahead of Covey. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. And then we go to Ephesians 1, 11, a great passage that in Christ, in Christ, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God is working out everything that's coming about in keeping, Ephesians 1.11, in keeping with the purpose of his will. And included in that will, it's this way. It's like the Father, Son, and the Spirit can sit down together who knows everything. They know every alternative, every option that could be possible. And when they put their minds together with perfect knowledge of all that could be, would be, and they fixed a purpose, then they put it into motion. Our God has this perfect, omniscient plan that nothing that comes about catches him off guard. He's working out a divine purpose according to his will, and there's nothing he does not know. Before it happens, he knows it. He knows the end from the beginning, and he knew it in one eternal moment. God has never learned anything. Uh, it is an amazing thing. I love that in Romans 8.26 when he says we're groaning in this present creation in 8.18. Then he says the spirit who knows the mind of God, the mind of the Father, he and the Father talk back and forth about what's best for us because there's nothing like lacking the understanding and the information you need to do what you ought to do. And he knows that we have that plight all the time. And they are talking back and forth, the Spirit to the Father. Then we hear that great verse coming out of that. For we know, for we know that God the Father is working everything together for the good of those who love the Lord. Notice, that's a quality. Love the Lord and called according to his purpose. God has a purpose for his children. Now watch this. 
five-fold chain that links you to God. For whom he foreknew. Whoa, what do you mean he foreknew? In eternity past, when he uses that, he not only knew possibilities, but he entered into an experiential knowledge of all that he would know that would be his. He foreknew us, and so then he predestined us, 829 of Romans. John Calvin didn't write that verse. Paul did. I said, John Calvin didn't write it. Holy Spirit wrote it. So don't reject a word you don't like because somebody believes that. God believes it. He predestined. He set the horizons around those he foreknew. And whom he predestined, he gave them a definite destiny. He called them to be his own. And those he called, he justified or declared righteous. And those he declared righteous, watch this, he glorified. And we would say he will glorify, but he had Paul write it past tense. He's already glorified the saints. How can it be? He already knows the end. He already sees you glorified. He knows all things. So we find out who can be against us. Nobody will succeed. What can be against us? Life, death, principalities, powers, the future, death. They cannot succeed. Satan cannot succeed. For an all-knowing God's got a plan. And guess what? It's that old Greyhound bus commercial. Do the riding and leave the driving to us. Once you get hooked up with God, the thinking's been done. You just follow the plan. You follow the purpose, and it's going to turn out for your good. Ultimate glorification. Well, uh, with God, there's omniscience. We could be here a long time. Omnipotence. God has all power. Revelation 1.8 calls him God Almighty. He has almighty power. God has all the power to do whatever he wills to do. God only limits the expression of his power by his character. He never uses his power to contradict what he is. He can never sin, for instance. He can never do anything that contradicts his word. That's a good thing. Uh, We're in a day, uh, the Lord told me to do this, and the Lord told me to do that. Well, how do you know when the Lord really did tell him? God never says anything that contradicts his word. And sometimes I must say, because I have a life background in a tradition where everybody's getting a word from the Lord, what gets me, they never knew this word very much, but they always got the latest edition from heaven. This is a word from heaven for sure. All this other stuff, we've got to discern it, wonder, ask, did they really? No, God has all power to do his word, to do his promises. He runs everything. You must know this. God is in charge of Satan. Satan cannot do whatever he wants to do. Resist the devil. That's a divine promise. And the devil will flee from you. Now, how could that be true when he is a million times stronger than any saint in absolute creative power? Satan is powerful. He can do signs and wonders. He, he's going to animate the man of sin, the Antichrist, and you're going to, you cannot believe what satanically driven people can do, but God has him on a leash. 
The devil's not calling the shots. I want you to hear that. He's under power. God's only allowing him to do what he's doing. He doesn't approve of it, but he's just letting him have a short time, and then God's going to show his mighty power to defeat all of his enemies. But we must know, not to be preoccupied with Satan, know that our God is all-powerful. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. My wife used to always dread when I would teach on satanic attack. She didn't like that very much. I said, why? She says, it makes you paranoid. Pretty soon all you do is thinking about the devil. Whoa, there. Have you seen folks? They got a devil behind every bush. I, we cast out the tobacco demon. But what, are, what are demons doing into tobacco? No, no, no. Uh, demons aren't in the tobacco business. Well, we cast out the drug demon. Uh, there's a demon in everything. And we got to say, focus on who your God is, and he can take care of your enemies. He's omnipotent, all power. You just think of what God's going to do. In the day of the Lord and the tribulation that's coming, God speaks to the stars and they fall to the earth. Isaiah 13 says that the globe, the earth, was staggered through space like a drunk man in the day of the Lord. Isaiah 13. God is going to loosen the earth off of his axis and it's going to be going all over because God is going to shake up the stellar system, all the stars. I mean, he speaks the word and the islands flee. He speaks the word and seas turn to blood. All powerful. All power resides. All power that exists has to come from God. Even the permission of Satan to do what he's doing. He didn't catch God off guard. It's, did you know that uh, Yugoslavia is getting a new leader because God wants a new one? And that God will put in our next president ultimately to fit his purpose. He's already pre-written what he wants to get accomplished through the next president. Because God's working everything together to magnify. Sometimes he even allows the wicked to exist to show his power to conquer them. It's all over the Psalms. Read it. It's there. Well, we'll keep moving. Uh, God's love. Of course, we think we, why, God always had this. This is the unique love of God. God desires and delights in the well-being of the objects of his love. Grace and mercy, and I would put long-suffering, are aspects of his love toward mankind and angels. Now, some would put mercy under goodness, and, and that's fine, because we try to say there are some things that God does with fallen creatures that he never had when there was nothing fallen. So back here in eternity past, God could love the members of the Godhead, all three, perfect love, uh, sacrificial concern for one another. And eventually, that love was demonstrated to a fallen world. What kind of love? The love that when we were enemies of God and without Christ, God could love us to the point of sacrifice. I think it's remarkable as you study Old Testament uh, idolatry, that the big test of idolatry was, would you sacrifice one of your children to the gods? And they did it for Moloch. They did it for Baal. 
and that all of a sudden the New Testament and even the Isaiah 53 revelation is this God doesn't ask for our sons. This God says, I'll give my son. Totally a love incomprehensible. So our God is always loved. I mean, when you think about it, God is always love, isn't he? I mean, he, he never has a moody day. His love never vacillates. It's what he is. It's what he is. He loves. Perfectly balanced. We come to that he's righteous, and because he's righteous, he judges sin and judges wickedness, but that's completely in harmony with all that he is. He's not more love than he is any other attribute, but he is love. God is love, and those who know him love. Very straightforward. Holiness. Uh, Peter said that, quoting Leviticus, the Lord your God is holy, and you shall be holy as he is holy. What does it mean to be holy as God? God maintains his own moral character and abhors anything unlike himself. He demands that others become pure as he is pure. And uh, is it not an amazing thing that someday you won't have a sin nature? That someday he'll extract from every one of us the sinful bents and the things that make us sin and act like sin. In glory, we will ultimately be like Christ when we see him and we will get rid of an old nature and an old body We'll get a brand new one, but without any temptation to sin for all eternity. We will be holy as he is holy. And this is the, this is the process we're going through in this life, is to be holy as he is holy. So God maintains his own moral character. Anything unlike himself, he cannot bless. You know, sometimes you hear me talk about the presence of the Lord. Uh, when I say that, there's a qualifier. When I talk about the presence of the Lord, the way Old Testament Israel thought of it, present to bless is the idea. Present. He's present even where the wicked are. But when we want his presence in our meetings, be present to bless. Holiness. Our God's holy. Think of it. You serve a God that's never sinned. You serve a God that's never been wrong about anything. You serve a God that uh, uh, has never been vulgar, has never been nasty, has never abused anyone. You know, if you know anything about uh, the idolatry of the world, with idolatry came vulgarity, temple prostitution, sexual perversions all tied with it. The Canaanite religions were fertility cult rites. It was gross immorality. But our God is pure. The inventor of sex, pure. The creator of our sexuality, pure. Why he designed it, the way he made it, there's nothing ever vulgar, dirty, nasty, or perverted about it when it's done according to his manual. But he's holy. And when we say God's holy, there's another meaning to that. It's not only moral character. Holy means set apart unique. Don't put him in a category with others. I have to say this. I don't know if you get tempted to do this, but preachers do. 
when you're around church work all the time, and you're using the Bible all the time, you can pick up uh, sacred language that is used uh, in just, just, well, hallelujah. And you're just, uh, and you just got a par on the whole. I, I've been with people, well, glory to God, or hallelujah, and kind of get into what I would call religious cliches. Well, well Lord, I, I hear many believers. They'll say, well, Lord, or my Lord, don't do that. Don't treat God as common. Don't treat him as non-set apart. He's not a disrag. And, and even all this friendly, friendly language, that's a, oh, Jesus, friendly, get real. Uh, that's kind of okay a little, but you need to step it up. Be sure your father is awesome. Reverential. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You don't bop into his presence. Hey, Lord, I just thought I'd talk to you. Hey, cut it out. And when you come, you say, Our Father, which art in heaven. And I, I really love my dad. There's no comparison between him and God. But believe me, one of the kindest men I knew when it was serious, I didn't bop into his room. And you've got to have that balance because he's holy. And don't get used to church language, Bible language, and there's just little cliches about God. and clen- No, no, no. No, no. Uh, tell a joke if you want to tell a joke. But once you move into sacred conversation, keep it sacred and holy. Or else you become sacrilegious. You cheapen God. Don't cheapen God. He's holy. Well, he's righteous. Uh, look at this uh, 2 Timothy 4.8. Uh, while you're turning there, I'll read here. God always acts right with respect to each person of the Godhead and towards his creation. God always acts right with regard to himself and toward his creation. He says there in 2 Timothy 4, 8, when the righteous judge shall come, the righteous judge is coming. He says here, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. God is righteous. He never does anything crooked. He never bends the rules. His character will never allow him to deviate from what is absolutely right. Now, that's what's marvelous about the fact that you're going to heaven. How can a right God get unrighteous people into a right place? How can a righteous God get unrighteous people in their own merit into a place for the righteous? Well, he did it, according to Romans 3, by making himself or making his son a ransom payment for your sin. And he said he made Christ to be a redemption price, satisfied God. And then God said, I am righteous. In the word in our King James or most of our, he is just and the justifier of those who believe in Christ. But the word just is the Latin word for righteous. So he is right in making the believing sinner right to go to heaven. You can go to heaven doing no more than believing God 
gave his son to die for your sins, and God is in the righteous. His righteous character is totally vindicated. And once again, we've come to the end of our time together here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we lock things up for another day of broadcasting, we do so with a a way to contact us here at Truth For Today. If you have a question, a prayer request, comment, we would love to pray for you. If you have a praise report about how the program is encouraging you in Christ, we'd love to hear that as well. A couple of ways to reach out to us. The easiest, of course, our phone number, 855-833-9864, or our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, you have another way to reach out to us, and that is, especially if you have a question or a praise report, that you would like Pastor Phil to answer. Well, simply take your voice memo app on that smartphone of yours, record your question along with who you are and where you're calling from, and then email that bit of audio to us at tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, the email address is tftquestions at valleybible.org. So email that to us. We'll run it by Pastor Phil, and should we use it on the radio, we'll even let you know when. And as always, you can again reach out to us at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. You can also write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you partner with us financially, bear in mind that we are able to continue this radio ministry through you doing just that, joining other friends and family members of this ministry to ensure that this program continues its ministry in the greater Bay Area. Please consider that as you reach out to us, and then join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.